minded, we were blinded Looking for peace without Jesus, we can't find it Ministry minded, we were blinded Looking for peace without Jesus, we can't What up, what up, what up, what up How y'all doing? Welcome to another episode of Anthony's Godly Guidance I hope you love it, I hope it blesses you More importantly, I hope it gets you closer to God Enjoy What's going on, y'all? It's your man, Anthony, and I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Anthony's Godly Guidance. Um, it's good to be back. I had a couple weeks off. One was a, a Christmas vacation week, I guess, spend time with family. The other one was a flu symptom-induced break. Uh, obviously, one of those was planned, and the other one was not. But nonetheless, here we go. So... At the end of the last episode, I said that the next topic would most likely be about racism. And um, after prayer and meditation and and different things, that's exactly what this series is going to be about. Um, And it's predicated on a few things, you know, it's different, different things I've been reading, books I've been reading, uh, messages I've been listening to, things I've seen on TV, uh, you know whether it be TV shows, movies, or just or, or news or social media. And um, it just, all of these different outlets led to, to this being the topic at hand. And um, I thought it would be a good thing to do, <clears throat> a good topic to hit, because it's still very much something that we need to have a conversation about. And um, because of that, I decided to to do this series. And the, the difference about this series is it's it's a five part series, possibly six. Um, I'll let you know if six ends up happening. But anyway, it's at the very least a five part series. And what it is is I'm going to start off the first part of the series talking about my perspective on the topic. And the next four episodes will be different people I'm interviewing to get multiple perspectives. And I believe that's that's good because we don't ever really want to hear other people's perspectives when we talk about a topic like this. Everybody has their own mindset on something, and that's where they tend to focus. But um, there's a conversation that we need to have. If we plan to get past um, dealing with this, and unless you are living in a false reality, you will see the importance of talking about this topic because it is everywhere around us right now. And for those who think that that we're beating a dead horse talking about racism you obviously are not paying attention to to what's going on in society because obviously it's it's still a huge thing that we need to talk about so anyway that's where we're going with this and I'm gonna start us off on this and uh, then we'll go from there so I'll start off with uh 
reading James 2. <clears throat> and I'll read 2 and, and 1. Um, and it says, My dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim to have faith in the glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favor some people over others? Now, I, I originally was going to read two, 1 through 4. Which will could drive my home my point home, but I don't think I need to go any deeper into this because of what this just said. Now, how is it that we, as people, first off, but we as believers, can say that we love God, but we love some over others? And in this instance, because we're talking about racism. How is it that we can say we love our race over other races and yet say we love Christ? Now, there's a lot of people who are going to hear this and hear that statement and get mad about it. If you got mad, that's probably because you're dealing with some races thoughts. And, you know, it's getting close to home. And I'm not wanting to use this as a platform to condemn and judge because that's not my style but I do want people to focus on and pay attention to things like that now I get that it is very easy to stick with what you know I get that but the problem with sticking with strictly with what you know is you never get to know anything else. And because you don't get to know anything else, you fill in the gaps, the holes with what you think instead of what you know. And that leads to stereotyping. And that is why stereotyping exists, because we focus on what we know and we make up what we don't know. And so what we don't know, we make up. And then in the midst of that, now we have these negative things that we see that we've seen or that we've heard other people talk about. And that then describes how we feel about another group of people. And we group them together as opposed to seeing the individuals. And so now we've given birth to stereotypes. Excuse me. And so now our issue is we are upset that people throw stereotypes at us, but we are quick to throw a stereotype at them and then tell them that they're mad because they're racist. Which makes not a lot of sense. Because if we're doing the same thing that they're doing. We are no better than they are. So it's. It's not right. To have a stereotype of a group. Call them or talk to them according to said stereotype. And then when they get upset about it say oh you're just mad because you hate blah 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 or because you're racist and then say but I'm not racist I'm just calling it like I see it is that not what they're doing 
So if they're calling it like they see it, they're racist. But if you call it like you see it, you're not. That, 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 that doesn't work. And so that's why I wanted to have a, a, a series getting multiple perspectives on it and potentially having conversations to get other people's perspectives on these on 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 this topic because it is important because the only way to destroy stereotypes is to conversate with people to get to know people um and we can see that these stereotypes are not in fact true and that that is one of the best weapons against discrimination period now in the topic of what we're you know for this topic we're doing racism but that is one of the best ways to destroy that that discriminatory thought process stronghold is to dialogue and to get to know people it's hard to discriminate against somebody that you care about it's easy to discriminate against somebody that you don't care about. Marinate on that. There's a reason why it's so easy for said groups, certain people to discriminate against each other because they have not tried to care anything about one another. And so if I dehumanize somebody, I can discriminate against them because I've made them less than a person. and as I'm talking I'm going to use examples of things and it might offend some people and my point isn't to offend it's to potentially open eyes to now the one thing I do want to address right off right now that that I've just said that is I openly admit that I have my own biases and blind spots there are things that I see a certain way and because I see you know because whatever filter I put things through what for whatever reason that is I see these things in a certain manner as a black man, I have a lot of biases for many reasons. Some of them are quote unquote warranted. Some of them are not. Now, just because it's warranted doesn't mean that it's right. I'm going to go on record as saying that. And that's something that I'm trying to work on as a man. Because according to this Bible verse that I just read, I can't say that I love Christ if I only love black people and I don't love any other race. According to this Bible verse, I don't love Christ if I do that. Now, anybody who knows me knows that I don't just love black people because my wife is not black. My kids are mixed. I have white friends. Some of my closest buddies are white. Now, does that mean I don't have any biases at all? That would be a flat out lie if I said I didn't. And my biases aren't necessarily just against white people. 
I mean, I could go into detail. You know, I, I, I'll, I'll try to limit this, but I, I'm going to to point out a couple of my biases that I have and tell you why I had them. One bias I had growing up was towards um, Hispanic males, which you might think is interesting being that I'm, I'm married a Latina. I didn't say Hispanic females. I said Hispanic males. And a lot of that uh, that bias came from being a, a young boy living on the west side of Denver, going to a predominantly Hispanic school. And there were times I was the only black kid in that school. There was there was times where there was one or two other black kids. And those were my cousins when they went to the same school I did. But there was a time when they didn't go to the same school that I went to. And I was the only black kid in that school. Now, there were some white kids sprinkled around, but it was strongly, predominantly Hispanic. And a lot of those Hispanic boys had no problem telling me that I didn't belong, that I was different. And I had to deal with this from being a six-year-old, five-year-old, I guess, from being a five-year-old child all the way up until I was, what, like 11, 12? whatever the end of fifth grade now that's not to say that everybody in there did that but enough did it to where it created a bias in my eyes and that I had I I had a a bias and a worry against a certain form of male now some of my closest buddies were Latino some of which I still talk to but they were the exception to the rule because they didn't talk to me how some of the others did. So I had a bias that followed me well into adulthood to be mindful and watch out for Latinos, Latino males. Unless they were your friends, be mindful of them. Because you see what they did to you when you were a child. You saw how they talked to you. You saw how they made you feel. So I carried that bias with me into adulthood. Now, we leave the predominant Hispanic school and I end up going to a predominant white high school. And there were white boys who went out of their way again to let me know that I didn't belong at their school. Now, there was more than... I wasn't the only black kid in the school at that time. You know, there was a, there was 10 of us at, at, at a good at a good point, but it wasn't just me. However, there was a nice amount of white guys who went out of their way to let me know that I didn't fit. And so I had a bias towards white boys minus the ones that were my friends because they showed that they weren't like that. So outside of my group I had to be mindful and watch Latino males and white boys because of what they did to me as I was growing up now notice I didn't say anything about females because the mindset I was at then I was trying to get at their girls and some of it was to be a punk and to upset them you know and I mean I'm not saying that's right but I'm just explaining to you that's 
a bias. Now, I had a bias against the males, but not the females. Now, I didn't have a bias against any other races because no other races had treated me how these two races had treated me. Race and gender had treated me. So this was a bias that I I carry with me. And in certain instances, I had to, I went certain places, I was always on guard. If it was a bunch of white boys, I was on guard. Especially if I didn't know anyone. If it was a bunch of Latino dudes that I didn't know, I was always on guard. And oftentimes, wasn't nobody worried about who I was or what I was doing there. But I always had that chip on my shoulder. And so I was always watching, trying to pay attention to who was around me. And because of that bias, I created a stereotype for Latino males, some, I, should, I shouldn't say all, again, and some of the white boys that I've that I seen. Now, the, the, <laughs> the funny thing in this is, I knew that every white boy and every Latino dude wasn't like that, because I hung out with them. But because of my hurt, I created this wall and I, I let that dictate how I acted and thought towards people. And thus, I let stereotypes and biases and different things get in and could be discriminatory, discriminative towards a certain amount of people because I was hurt as a child. Now, you would think me telling you this is trying to give me a pass for that. I'm not. I'm just explaining to you how easy and how... how the, the, the thought process to someone being discriminative or racist towards an individual or individual, or I shouldn't say, towards a group of people. From my experience, it was due to hurt. I let, I let pain cloud judgment and act a certain way towards a certain group. Now, not everybody has pain as their motivation towards a bias or a race or being racist, because let's call it what it is. Although I have white friends and I, you know, I had Latino friends, even in the midst of my being discriminatory, discriminative towards a certain, these certain groups, it was still racist because they were a different race. And we can try to address, we can try to dress it however you want to, but that was racist, you know, and then I have different movies that I'm watching and different songs that I'm listening to that play into the stereotype, which further added to the racist thoughts. Now, the difference between me and a lot of people is I was never outright rude or mean towards anybody because I was raised different than that. I just avoided people, which is still racist. (laughs) Just because you avoid people and you're not being a punk, it doesn't make you any less racist. You know, I just kept my distance unless I knew you. Unless I was close with you. Unless I was comfortable with you. Now, 
to address what I said earlier, that is the very definition of what I was saying when it comes to people getting in with their groups, the groups that they're comfortable with. And it doesn't have to just be about race again, but because of the topic of the series, I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on the racial aspects, but mind you, that is how different people, that's how, that is the very definition of discrimination and whether we're talking about homosexuality, whether we're talking about, um, gender, you know, sexism, whether we're talking about uh, classism, any of these things, that's how all of this starts because people let something cloud their judgment and they let stereotypes in and they let these stereotypes dictate how they feel about somebody. So I am telling you that to address that I realize that I have my own biases and blind spots to racism, to race, to race. And if I'm not careful, I shouldn't say careful, if I'm not paying attention, these old strongholds that used to have control over me can slip in. Example. Watching the news and seeing a white dude shoot up a church and they not only gently handcuff and gently put him in the patrol car, but they stopped at Burger King because the dude was hungry. Now, you can tell I'm still upset by that. Especially because of all the black dudes who did nothing and are dead now. Where is the, you know, the, the, the discrepancy is that is ridiculous. That is insane that you would stop and buy this dude some food who just shot up a church full of people. But... A black dude is selling cigarettes or has CDs or just walking or just driving. And we have some brothers who are no longer on this earth for doing nothing. So I still have a bias. I still have a blind spot that still bugs me. And it should bug everybody, not just black folks, not just minorities. It should bug white folks as well. That should very much bug everybody. But you see what I'm, what I, the, my reason for going to that is <clears throat> if I'm not paying attention, seeing or hearing that will set me off. And then those stereotypes can come back and I can start thinking, see how they are. When I know for a fact that not all white people are like that. I know for, for a fact that not all cops are like that because I know cops. There are cops. I have friends that are cops that are not like that. But seeing that can make can easily have me slip off into that mindset. I was told about I didn't I didn't. This was secondhand to me. I was told about a fight and I don't even know where it was at. It was at a club and uh, the bouncer was black. And the dude who started the fight was white. And the bouncer had the dude, the white dude on the ground. 
trying to detain him and the cops came and shot the black dude. Didn't ask any questions. Now, when I heard that, the first thing I thought was, man, see how they are. See that stuff? That upsets me. So, why am I even talking about these? Because I realized that is a bias that I still hold dear to my heart. And that, you know, that is a, a an injustice that sets me through the roof. But what I have to understand is, according to this verse, if I start singling out these people, in this instance, white white Anglo-Saxon Protestant males, if I start separating these people, I don't love Jesus because I favored everybody over them. And that's not right. Regardless of what they did, that's not right. Even the people who don't like us, we are supposed to love. If you are Christian, There's no clause to that. There's no except when this happens or you have to love them unless this happens. There's no clause to that. It is what it is. Even that guy who shot up those people in that church. So I would let me let me go ahead and give props to those people in the church, to the families. They forgave that man. Black families who lost their loved ones because this kid was racist and went in there and shot them up. And the people in the church forgave them. If that ain't God, I don't know what is. And that is a prime example of what God is saying. God doesn't say, well, you know what? They were wrong, so have at it. Hate them. God said he called for us to show his forgiveness. They had every right, according to worldly standards, to be upset, to hate this boy, to go off. They had every right to utilize that instance to be racist against white people. They chose to single that kid out as a racist white kid and still forgave him. As opposed to lumping a whole group of people because of what one person has done. Now, I'm going to say this, and this this might this is one of those things that might offend somebody. If you are minority and you have done something wrong, the messed up thing is you have lumped your whole race into what you've done wrong. When we as minorities make mistakes, it's a group thing. Oh, see, that's how they are. And I'm I, I'm saying what I say from what I've heard coming out of people's mouths. This is not me hearsay. This is not me picking at. This is I've heard people in my vicinity have conversations like this and say things like oh well see that's what they do now these same people 
who will glump a group of minorities together because they do something when someone of their background does something he is an individual she is an individual that's not right that is racist you can't lump a group that's different from you together and say that's how they are and then when someone from your own group does it you say oh that's how he is or that's how she is it's got to be the same and if we're going to be real the topic of racism there's truly only one race the human race the the uh, our skin tone or difference thereof is like less than a percent of our genetic makeup everything else is DNA and everything else is all but the same and the reason some people have darker skin is it's because they were in a climate where they needed to protect their skin so their skin darkened to protect them from the sun and there were others who were not and they didn't need darkened skin and so it didn't happen that's that's the separate that's what separates us as races but let something go wrong and we're quick to jump right back into our groups and start pointing fingers and start talking about racism another case in point the president that is a hot topic and go on and on about that regardless of what you believe and I'm going to take this a step further I'm going to take this a step back when Obama was president the 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 divide that was seemingly gone all of a sudden was a awa- was awakened. I'm doing air quotes. People were upset about that. And then other people celebrated it. And I'm gonna tell you it's wrong on both sides. People who voted for Obama just because he's black, shame on you. Because what if he was not a good president? What if he was a terrible person and we voted for him just because he was black? Shame on any of those who voted for him just because he was black. Now, on the other token, if you voted against him because he was a black, because he's a black president, shame on you. Again, you don't know as a person who he was, but if you voted against him because he was black you were wrong and both are racist both of them are racist I will say this to black folks we need to vote based on policy not because of skin color we need to vote based on policy not because of party there's a lot of Democrats who get black votes who don't necessarily believe who don't necessarily deserve it and I'm not a Republican y'all I don't partake in any of that I think uh, there's so much wrong with both sides of that that I I just won't even go but 
don't vote because of what party they're in. Vote because of what they are supposed to be doing or what they can do or what they can't. Vote against someone because of what they can't do. Not because of they're black or white. They're Democrat or Republican. That's my own little soapbox. I'm going to move on from that. That just kind of felt that, so I spoke on it. I want to say this, and um, this will kind of drive a point home, and I'm tap dancing around this, but I'm going to just say it. So we live in a society. Here, you know what? Let me change that. Let me change that. I'm going to use my metaphor, and hopefully by the end of it, you get what I'm saying. And if at the end of this, I'll clarify. Excuse me. In our society, in our world, the, our, our um, world is set up to, um, to the privilege of a, of a set group. Everything is made for this group. Everything, like every single thing, is made for this group, and I'm not even talking about this. Is just just hear 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 what I'm, hear what I'm saying. Cars, writing utensils, scissors, notebooks, desk, um, cups for that matter can be, um, keyboards, mouse. Pants, somewhat, belts can be, you might be like, what are you talking about? If you can't figure out where I'm going with this, you are in the privileged group. Now, to those of you who know where I'm going, it's because you have to deal with this. There's some, there's 90% of you who have no clue what I'm talking about. There's 90% of you who've never had ink on your hand because of when you were writing. There's 90% of you who never had to shift the notebook in order to get, to start off your, your, what you're writing. So your hand goes on the notebook. There's 90% of you who never had to stop and think. Can I cut with these scissors and will it cut properly? Even the scissors that they make for the 10% who I'm speaking about don't always work right. This may seem trivial to you, but most of it is because you are probably right-handed. And everything in society was made for you if you were right-handed. Everything. You don't have to adapt to anything because everything was made for you. Now, if you are left-handed, you've had to adapt. And some of us have adapted so much that we use both hands for things. I'm one of those. Because our world is created for right-handed people... I've learned to do a great many things with my right hand because I have to 
because it's harder if I don't adapt. I mean, look at the way the car is engineered. The only thing you really do with your left hand is hit the blinker. Everything else is done with your right hand. Start the car. Put the car in gear. Or shift if it's a stick. The radio. All of, all of these things, most of it is done with your right hand. You have roll the window up and down with your left hand. And maybe adjust the mirror with your left hand. And that, you know, that's kind of it. Everything else in that car was created for the right-handed. And everywhere, everywhere you go, most of you didn't stop to think, huh? Like when I was explaining this without utilizing what I was saying, most people were like, "Eh, why does that even make sense? That's, you know, because you don't have to adapt. Now I'm going to make that comparison and shift it to the privilege that is in this country, mostly, and I will say in the world, and this is not trying to do anything but make people aware of it. There is a privilege if you are white. I'm not this is not me crying about it. This is not me. That's just it. That there is a privilege. There are certain things that most white people won't have to deal with because the society was created for you. Most white people don't have to have a conversation with their son saying, watch how you talk to police. Because if you talk to them wrong, you might not make it home. Now, there are some who have. They are the exception to that rule. And that's just the one. That's just one of the things that comes to mind. With the exceptions, most white people don't walk into a store and are followed around the store because they're worried that they're going to steal something. Unless I've seen now some of the dudes I've hung out with, I've seen they've been watched, but that's because they were (laughs) fools were silly and they were acting foolish. And so they were watching them because of how they were acting. I've walked in the store with zero intent to steal anything and been watched the whole time. I got pulled over every week as a teenager. Every week, at least once a week, I got pulled over. The cops knew my name and had me on a gang contract. Never been a gangbanger. Do I have affiliations with some gang members? Of course I did. I grew up on the west side of Denver. Yes, I have affiliations, but I never was. But they had me on gang contracts. They knew my name. Now, I'm pointing this out not to spark some, oh, you got, you know, that white people are are rude and mean and everything, because not every white person set the system up for that. And again, to go back to what I said with the right-handed, there's nothing wrong with you taking advantage of a system that was made for you. You shouldn't feel bad for left-handed people. 
because you are doing what, you know, everything was made for your right hand. You're doing what's comfortable. You shouldn't feel bad for that. I shouldn't say you shouldn't feel bad for left-handed people. Let me shift that. You shouldn't feel bad because you're taking advantage of a system that was made for you. Most people do that. And that's not just white people. That's all, every, anybody. The system was made for you and you benefit from it. That's not racist benefiting from a system. That's just what it is. I bring this up because I want it to be made aware to those who don't stop and think about things like that and understand when you hear people, minorities, saying things like white privilege. It has nothing to do most, most for the most part with money. It has nothing to do with money. It's the little things that you don't necessarily have to think about or worry about that we do. So, I, being a left-handed, can say there's a right privilege. (laughs) Because there is. And most right-handed people would not be like, what do you mean? I ain't privileged. I ain't got nothing. But you do. And it is what it is. I'm not trying to make you feel bad because you're right-handed. I just want you to be aware that us left-handed people have struggles that you don't have. And that's cross the races. That's not a racial thing when I say that. Us left-handed people have struggles that you will never understand as a right-handed person. You'll never understand it. Because you don't have to. Because there is a right privilege. And everything was catered to you. Now let's create. I mean let's take that back to what I was saying. When we, when we throw the race in. There is in fact that privilege. Now are there some who don't get to partake in that? Of course. But those people had to do something. To not get that privilege. They had to do something wrong to not get that privilege and are there are there people from different races who get that similar treatment as the the white privilege yes but they had to excel to get to a point to earn that privilege it was not just something given they had to get it think about that The ones who don't get that privilege that are, in fact, white had to lose it because of how they acted. The ones who have earned their earned been given that privilege had to do something to earn it. It's not an even playing field in that regard. Again, I'm not saying that all white people need to sit here and feel bad about that. You know, oh, my God, I'm not saying we just need to be aware. Now, if you've listened to everything I've said. I've sat here and pointed out how I have dealt with racism and how I believe that if I spend my time as a black man pointing the finger at white people for everything they've done wrong, I am just as racist as the skinhead or the Ku Klux Klan member. That privilege that I'm talking about doesn't mean that I as a black man cannot excel in life. That's not what I'm saying. That's been proven over and over and over. There are several minorities 
who are extremely successful. And I guess that depends on what you chalk up as success, you know, for this for this topic. But there are there are several minorities that are successful, despite the white privilege that I am speaking about. If that becomes the reason why I'm not successful, quote unquote, and that becomes my excuse for not being successful, then I am, in fact, being racist and lazy and saying that I can't ever succeed because everything is stacked against me. Now, I'm going to shift this real quick to our walk of faith. We, as Christians, have a system that has been put in place against us from day one. The world system is not set up for us Christians to excel. It's actually set up to choke us out and kill us and have us fail. But we have been given power, authority, strength, courage to excel despite that system, that worldly system that is designed to destroy us. If we let it destroy us, it will destroy us. And we won't have anyone to blame but us. That's as Christians in the system that the, the enemy has set up against us, the worldly system. Now, let me shift back to the race that I was talking about. Minorities. Take what I just said about Christianity and put that in. We have a system that is stacked against us. And if we allow it to, it will take us down. Key word I said is if we allow it to. And if we allow it to take us down, we have no one to blame but us. The world is not fair. It's never going to be fair. And whether we're talking about race or not, it's never going to be fair. But we can rise above that and be something in life if we don't quit. So, minorities, there is a very, there's something, I mean, that privilege is there, but it shouldn't stop us. To the white folks who hear me, don't stop living. Do you. If this privilege is helping you, then let it help you. Just don't discredit the person next to you who says this as though it doesn't exist. Because it does exist. And the problem with racial conversations is we want to act like these things don't exist. Which further perpetuates hate because you have the people who are saying it doesn't exist and then you have the people who see it and we can't see eye to eye 
because we're on completely opposite sides of the spectrum instead of coming together and having a conversation and pointing out that, hey, you know what? I see where you're coming from. Hey, I see where you're coming from. The only way to do anything about this divide, this privilege, because let's call it what it is. It is a divider set in place by the enemy to divide us as people. That's what it is. We think because we're coming together as minorities that we are, in fact, coming together when we're coming. (laughs) We're still in division. And the best way to conquer is to divide. So if we want to take away the enemy's power, we will get past this division and we will talk to each other despite our problems with each other, despite our perceived problems with each other, our perceived thoughts about each other, and we will show love. I hope that you heard where my heart was in that. My heart wasn't to to turn this into a us versus them. My heart is so you can see that there's racial things on all sides. And if we're not paying attention to it, we'll fall victim to the same thing that's been going on for years and years and years. And it'll never change. hear what the next person is saying to you. Minorities, hear what the white folks are saying. Black folks, hear what what the Mexicans are saying. To the Hispanics, hear what the Asians are saying. I just say it in that way because we need to hear what everybody is saying instead of pointing things out like these divisions don't exist because they very much exist and their purpose is to keep us separated from each other. I mean, it's the very thing that happened in, in, in the, the Tower of Babel, which that wasn't the enemy, that was God, but it was to separate because if a group of people come together, there is nothing that they can't accomplish. That's Bible. So, how better than to to destroy the human race if you are the enemy than to put in place dividers and then perpetuate those dividers we can do something about racism we just have to want to and there are people who do I I strongly believe that but I don't believe there's enough people that want to because if there was we wouldn't be having the same conversations we've been having for 50, 100, 200 years so I'm going to read this last Bible verse it's 1 John 4.20 and it says 
If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? So if I, Anthony, if Anthony hates a group because they are different, be it white, Hispanic, Asian, whatever, then I don't love God. I'm a liar if I say I do. Because God doesn't sit on, God is not sitting there saying, man, I really love white people. But I can't stand black people. Man, I really love, I, I love me some Latinos. Can't stand them Asians though. God's not saying that. All of that comes from the enemy. And the enemy has us doing his work. All he has to do is whisper something. Like I said earlier, I saw the thing about the the dude who shot up the church. And And the enemy said, see how they treat you? And I took it and ran with it. And I had to stop. God was like, do you hear what you're saying? Do you, do you, are you paying attention to what you're doing? Are you focused on where you're going? And I had to stop and I had to repent. God, forgive me for that. Let me stop. Let me back up off of it. Enough of us aren't doing that. Enough of, I mean, we are humans. We make mistakes. Own up to the mistake. If you have a moment where you say something racist, own up to it and ask, genuinely ask for forgiveness and repent from what you did. I have done it myself and I have been in contact with people who have done some racial things towards me or said something that they didn't perceive as racist. And then once I pointed it out, they were genuinely apologetic about it and they repented from it and I've done the same thing and you know what no 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 fights happened there were no 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 physical confrontation nothing nothing came of that except from a stronger friendship we can do it do we want to do it So, I did not intend to go this long, but this is a very hot topic. This is something that we really, really, really need to to see on. And like I said, I'm giving you my perspective on the topic. The next person that will be talked to is Spencer. And Spencer will be giving his, his thoughts on the topic. And that will be next week. And we will go into talking about that. And I've talked to him about this topic in the past. Um, and we'll have this time you guys will get to hear it. Um, and our my next guest after that will be Ryan Greenwood. Um, and then I have Kamoy. And then I have Tony Castillo. And if you don't, if you hadn't paid attention... They're not all the same race. That was on purpose. 
And I said it might be six because I have someone else in mind that I haven't asked yet. And if they agree to it, they'll be the six. And I won't say their name until I've talked to them. But every group member, every person that I'm interviewing is from a different group. And albeit a couple are from the same racial group, they're from a different culture in that racial group. That was on purpose. So I hope you heard my heart and you hear the hearts of my guests going forward and you are willing to open your eyes and see and hear. This is about growth, y'all. So that being said, come back next week. Where me, where Spence and I will be talking about this. I have some questions that I've designed to ask him that he will be answering, and it was it's going to perpetuate a conversation, and that's the point. And hopefully, it will bless you. I hope this blessed you. Please don't take offense to this. This is not about offense. And remember, offense is a choice. This is not to offend anyone. This is to make us aware of the division. And it's not on one side of y'all. It's multiple sides. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. God bless you. Peace.